Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herth Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, including Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where teams communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is an old friend, Lynn Flint. Lynn's a certified athletic administrator, and she's the director of athletics at Haddam Killingworth High School in Higginham, Connecticut. Lynn, welcome to the program. Thanks you so much for having me. Oh, well, we're very excited. Uh, Lynn and I had the uh, opportunity to present uh, at the national conference a couple years ago and uh, you know it's been great to get to know her well as uh, everyone knows the life of an ad these days is very busy so we're going to jump right into it uh, lynn we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests so tell us a little bit about yourself where you grew up uh, where you went to school and college and and how uh, how that love of sports you know got you involved with teaching and coaching Sure. So I grew up in Wallingford, Connecticut. I actually still live in Wallingford. Um, I went to Lyman Hall High School, played soccer and softball. Those were my, those were my sports uh, all, th all four years. And after that, I went to Western New England College in Springfield, Mass., where I got my sport management degree. Um, and at Western New England, that's really a, in the business school. So a lot of sports marketing, you know, sports management, that kind of stuff. And it interests me, but I was definitely more interested in the athletic administration part. Um, I thought I was more interested in college athletics and, um, you know, that proved to be wrong in the long run. But at first, that's where my, my eyes were at. So I um, immediately after I graduated from Western New England, I went right down the road to Springfield College to get my um, graduate degree. And that was in athletic administration. So the best part about Springfield is just the huge network. Um, everywhere you go, you, someone from Springfield College in the athletic world. Um, so that was a huge, huge piece of it for me. Um, while I was there, I was a graduate assistant for the field hockey program. So it was a, you know, it, it paid for my school. So I didn't play field hockey. I did not know anything about field hockey until I started actually at Western New England and my roommate was a field hockey player and they needed a manager for the team. So I thought, you know, why not? I know nothing about the sport. And after four years of doing everything, being at all the practices, games, stuff like that, I, you know, took a lot of the things I, I knew from soccer and kind of implemented into field hockey. So I got that graduate assistantship at Springfield. Um, great, great opportunity, great program. Um, 
and then right after that I got a, a paid internship at Quinnipiac University. So I worked for their basketball and their um, hockey programs, which are huge and um, you know it was a great experience. It was just a little more of the commercial part of athletics than I would have liked, you know, not as much interaction with student athletes and more about kind of ticket sales. So after that, um, an assistant position at Haddam Kellenworth High School opened up um, for the assistant to the athletic director and I thought that that looked interesting. So I applied for that. Um, the AD retired within the next year and I got the job. <laughs> Timing is everything. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, how did your uh, college experience, you know, lead to uh, your work as a school athletic director? Yeah, so, you know, once I got to Springfield and the courses were more tailored to athletic administration and athletic budgets and, um, you know, really working with student athletes, one of the best part of the day was coaching those students um, for field hockey and really getting to know them and help them. And, um, you know, I'm very detail oriented. I, I, I'm organized. So I like kind of, you know, figuring out schedules and putting all the pieces together. And then at the end of the day, when you get to stand on the sideline and see all your hard work actually play out, no pun intended, um, that for me really started at Springfield. And um, I just, I kind of kept going with it. Well, uh, in your time um, as a high school athletic director, mm -hmm. what are some of the changes that you have seen in the day-to-day -day routine? Obviously, technology has played a big part, but uh, what have you seen as a, a couple of changes that have taken place in the, your time at um, your high school? Sure. So, I mean, two of the biggest things I think that have changed, this is my eighth year, um, are just access to this position as far as, um, you know, everyone thinking that we are accessible at all times um, and that we, you know, answer emails on weekends. We kind of, there is no such thing as a holiday. So I feel like that has gotten to be, um, you know, kind of ramped up quite a bit. Um, the other piece is just the role of the athletic director. I know at my school, I have a fantastic administration and, and board of ed and superintendent who really support athletics. Um, and even in at HK, I feel like my role is kind of sometimes that in between of, okay, so it's not raining today. So Lynn, can you help with calf duty or Lynn, can you help with, you know, these types of things, which because I love my team, no issue whatsoever. You know, I, I'm, I'm all in, um, but it is interesting kind of, you never know where your day is going to go. Um, and, and that I've noticed kind of each year with, with at least in Connecticut, our budgets are, are being cut so much. Um, my role has really, kind of spread out into areas I never thought I would I would get into. Yeah, we definitely wear a lot of hats uh, in our position. Um, in our profession, uh, we always talk about the importance of leadership and, and mentoring. And I'm curious, who were some of your mentors uh, growing up? Teachers or coaches that you had, or maybe people that you worked with or, or worked for? Uh, whose voice do you still hear uh, when you go to work each day? So when I actually started at HK, um, there were five coaches here that were the sports only coaches. Um, so 40 plus years coaching and they were, I mean, they're just powerhouses. So I kind of made the decision as I came in, I could either, you know, 
bump heads with them at every road or trust that they probably know what they're doing um, and they've they've done a nice job so um, they've been a huge sounding board for me um, you know unfortunately Patsy Commercia passed away a few years ago um, from cancer but she was really she was the first female athletic director in the state of Connecticut um, she was just such a role model as far as teaching me that there are some things you fight for there are some things you let go and at the end of the day when you go home you've got to leave it at school um and that was a big piece of it for me and just she would she was the first one to you know call a kid on the carpet for not doing what they needed to do but then she was the first one also to give them a huge hug when they you know came off the field after scoring a game winning goal so she just taught me so much about balance um and you know, our current principal, Donna Hayward, is a huge mentor to me. She has taught me so much about just listening and, um, you know, how to, how to deal with parents in a positive way and knowing that, you know, I now have a three-year-old, but when I started, I didn't have a, a child. Um, having that perspective of a parent and where they're coming from, and she was able to really give that to me earlier in my career because I think that it's so important to know um, where our parents are coming from. And for the most part, they really are coming from the right place. So Patsy and Donna are huge mentors to me. Um, you know, I have, I had a ton of great coaches growing up, but in this career, they're, they've been the biggest uh, influence for me. Uh, appreciate you sharing that. It's always great to hear about the people that have helped, uh, helped us, you know, uh, move up the ladder. Um, you mentioned you've been at HK for eight years now, and you've got uh, some pretty good coaches on staff. When you look at your program from a, a global perspective, what are some things that you're really proud of? What are some things that you feel your coaches and your team really do a great job of uh, demonstrating what educational athletics is all about? I think we do a really great job of understanding the whole student athlete and the mental health piece. Um, we unfortunately um, a few years ago lost one of our coaches to suicide. Um, so that really, um, you know, he was a colleague to many of our other coaches for, for a long period of time and obviously a coach to our students. and. Our coaches really rallied around our kids and our, our coaches rallied around each other. And I've really noticed that there's no other team I would have wanted to be with to, to get through that situation because even before then, they are all about the whole athlete. So, you know, they're all in with academics, they're all in with mental health, and they're all in with the athletic piece of it. So I really feel like none, none of the balls get dropped as far as, you know, one coach is just all about winning or one coach is kind of, eh, you know, practice is practice, but I'm all about athletics. They are very, very balanced coaches, um, which makes my life so much easier because I know at the end of the day, when I have a student athlete that's struggling or, um, you know, something comes up, I know I don't have to worry about how that coach is going to um, interact with that student or support that student because we all have the same philosophy and mindset of, you know, student health first and the rest of the pieces will fall in the puzzle, but they are, they are a fantastic group of humans and I think that that's the best, uh, best foundation to a good coach first. Yeah. yeah, it starts with good people. Surround yourself with good people. Right. 
Lynn, um, you know, I've been doing this for maybe a couple years longer than, than you have, but <laughs> yet you're still, uh, you're a CAA, you present it at the national level. Uh, I think sometimes uh, our younger ADs, and you're certainly a young AD, but I, I think I always get the question, you know, how do you get involved? You know, how do you get to present? So share your story. You know, how did you, you know, get involved with the state uh, organization? How'd you get involved with NIAAA and, and help show some of our listeners that uh, they can do it too? Sure. So with the state organization, um, I contacted our CAD director, so our Connecticut Athletic Association director, um, when I got the job and just said, you know, I'm very interested in joining any boards um, just to kind of get my foot in the door as far as um, that was concerned. And, you know, for me, I ended up on like four boards in my first year, and I probably should have slowed that down a little bit. Um, but I was on, you know, the sportsmanship committee, girls soccer. So there were a lot of different places that then I met a lot of different people. So the network is huge. And, you know, one of the people who I met early on was Trish Whitkin, who is um, the athletic director at Glastonbury, and who was very heavily involved at the NIAAA. Um, so she was someone that really kind of took me through the process. I am not a certified teacher, so I had to get my um, CAA in order to be certified to um, be an athletic director in the state of Connecticut. So um, Fred Balsamo, who's our executive director, and Trish really helped me through that path. And by doing that, I was just involved in you know, learning much more about the NIAAA. I needed the LTC credits, so I went to all the national conference and the resources and the, you know, breakout sessions that I had there, I still use notes from those, from those sessions. I mean, they are so valuable and just getting kind of fresh ideas from people from other states because everybody does it a little bit differently. Um, you know, the national conference was huge in, in the, the beginning of my career. I still go to this day. Um, I know many of my athletic director friends who have done this for 20 plus years still go. Um, because it's just, you just can't, it's all about high school athletics and we rarely get that opportunity. You know, sometimes you see a college thing or an NCAA thing that you can kind of tweak towards high school, but having that um, national conference is just a, an awesome, awesome tool. And so I've stuck with it. I'm ready to do my CMAA. I've just got to kind of uh, get the project in the mail and <laughs> get it off my desk. But uh, I'm excited to kind of, to stick with the organization because they just provide so much, um, you know, professional development for us. Well, since I am a member of certification, I have to ask: Are you doing the uh, the written project or the oral presentation? So. I had, you know, some of the questions I had for the oral presentation, I wasn't really sure because right when they switched over, um, they didn't really send too much out about the oral presentation. So I ended up doing the written one just because I knew how to do that one. <laughs> but I think the oral presentation is a great option. No, I, and I tell people the same thing. I, when I did my CMAA, you only had the one option. Uh, and I really enjoyed, you know, writing it and putting it together and, and arranging it. Uh, but I also tell people if the oral option had been available, I would have been all over that because I could right. talk forever. Okay. Yes. Same. Yep. <laughs> well, hey, good luck with that. Who knows? Maybe I'll uh, I'll receive that uh, soon, and and I can work with you on that. Awesome. Let's go and uh, talk about COVID now. To our listeners, you know, we're recording this on uh, September eighth. 
Uh, it's not going to air for about a month, uh, so we're, we're speaking in past tense. But for right now, um, we've seen a variety of responses uh, across the country. Um, what's happening in Connecticut and what's happening at your school with regards to uh, return to school as well as return to play? Sure. So in Connecticut, our numbers are some of the best in the country. Um, we have taken it very seriously and um, really done kind of a slower, slower open. Our superintendent did an amazing job preparing us for the school year. We started about a week ago and we worked our butts off all summer uh, to get prepared for it, but it's really kind of paying off now. Um, so we have started in a hybrid schedule. So half of our kids come in Monday, Tuesday, we take Wednesday off, not off, but remote learning. And then Thursday, Friday, the second half of the cohort comes in. Um, it's going as well as it can. Our, our students are awesome and compliant and just really want to be here and be with their friends and see their teachers. So they really seem to be doing whatever it takes to get that done. Um, you know, of course, there's frustration and, and people want, you know, some people want to fully open, some people want us fully remote. We've learned quite a bit um, in this pandemic that you are never going to make anyone happy. And we knew that before, but we really know that now. Um, it's just so many different extremes. Uh, for sports, we unfortunately have been really back and forth since the beginning of the summer, um, which has really frustrated a lot of parents and students. And, you know, I think as administrators, we're, we're frustrated as well, just because if it's going to be canceled, at least we can prepare our students. The kind of back and forth has been very difficult. And I think our state organization agrees. It's just, it's just such uncharted territory that it's hard to, um, hard to know what to do when. So as it stands now, field hockey, swimming, soccer, um, and cross country are all ready to go. Um, we have our first conditioning weeks that we're in now. They can't have contact and they have to be six feet apart. Um, and they're doing a great job. As far as volleyball and football, football was unfortunately canceled 11 v 11 last Friday. Um, and volleyball is still on pause because we're trying to figure out if our Department of Public Health will allow them indoors with masks. Um, the hard thing that we have going on, and I'm sure a lot of states have going on, is just the different um, groups at play here. So we have you know, our uh, CIAC, which is the Connecticut Interscholastic Athletic conference so they govern everything um, for sports we have the department of public health we have our local public health and obviously we have our boards of education so trying to get all of those those groups on the same page is very difficult especially in this pandemic because no one really knows you know the right way to go or or you know what's going to happen in the next month so just working with those organizations and we've we're taking you know a lot of safety measures and some people think that there's too many there's not enough um, so it has been frustrating but I do think that at least at HK we are doing what's best for our student athletes we're trying very hard to just be transparent and communicate you know as much as possible without over communicating um, so it's knock on wood gone um, as well as I guess could be expected <laughs> wow that's uh, sorry to hear that about football and Again, for, for people like us, uh, you mentioned the different agencies. 
it's uh, just so counterintuitive because, you know, we're wired as ADs to, you know, find solutions and move forward mm -hmm. and, and make decisions. And um, so right. uh, I, I feel your, feel your pain there. Yeah. Um, Lynn, another question we've been asking um, on the podcast has to do with um, the idea of social issues, social awareness. Uh, last spring, in addition to COVID, you know, we saw the events uh, in Minneapolis and Atlanta, and then out recently in Wisconsin. Uh, and my question is, you know, from your perspective, what are some things that athletic directors can do better uh, in this area of, you know, social issues, social awareness? Uh, what can we do a better job of? So I think we can do a better job of having open communication um, and conversations within our own teams. I think that, you know, there's a big difference between a, a conversation with me and, you know, our, our administration and our students than would be with a coach and their student athletes. And I think it's important to give students a safe space to be able to, to express how they're feeling and have these really difficult conversations um, with, you know, very smart, educated, as I said before, very high emotional intelligence individuals that are on my coaching staff and to be able to have that, those, those hard conversations. And, you know, we started doing that last March and then unfortunately got shut down. So our work was definitely paused, but it is besides keeping students safe and faculty safe from um, COVID, it is our number one priority right now to have those conversations and to, um, to really kind of add some education on what things mean and where things um, can escalate to. And, you know, we are not naive in the fact that HK can solve um, all the racial issues of the world, but if we can just start the conversation and maybe add some more um, units to our curriculum to support that, I think that's really where, uh, where we need to begin. Uh, it's, it's great to see that you guys are being very, uh, you know, proactive with that. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit. What are some of your favorite uh, aspects of being the director of athletics at HK? Uh, what gets you excited about coming to work each day? Um, I mean, absolutely. Of course, the students, just seeing them develop from, you know, freshman year to senior year and seeing them become leaders and, um, you know, taking all the skills that they've learned throughout their years and you know when you see them on senior day it's always amazing to see where they came from um you know the flexibility of being an athletic director a lot of people talk about the hours and how the hours are are tough i find that that can be true obviously i have a three-year-old so that is sometimes challenging but the flexibility of the position is something that is very um attractive to me and and is very helpful as far as being able to balance work and family because it's very important that i balance both because if i don't balance both i don't feel like i'm doing a good job at either one of them so that's something that i do um very much value about my position and just working with my colleagues not even just at hk but we belong to the shoreline athletic conference and it's a group of 12 different schools and we work so well together um, you know, it's so great to have that group to be able to just kind of shoot a text message or a phone call and say, listen, what are you doing about this? Um, and have that, that support network sometime, you know, after this decision with football, we all really needed it because it was a, it still is, it was a tough, tough call. And we are trying to figure out how to support our athletes 
you know, and also give them the ability to express their feelings appropriately. So we've been working together to just kind of figure out how's the best way to do that. But, you know, working with my colleagues, working with the student athletes, um, that's, you know, I love coming to work each day. I love working at HK. It's just a great place to be. And, um, you know, I have absolutely missed being on the sideline. That is, it is a difficult thing to come to work each day and, and not have that aspect of, of your, of my position. You know, I appreciate you sharing that. Almost all of our EDs talk about the relationships with the kids as being one of their favorite things. But, you know, the colleagues and those other athletic directors, uh, I just don't think there's another profession that has such a uh, collegial, um, you know, how can I help you uh, attitude than uh, athletic directors. Uh, it's just, it's great to be a part of. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, Lynn, it's been uh, great reconnecting with you. Uh, I still, to this day, use uh, some of your uh, uh, bullet points from uh, the presentation that we did together uh, on coaches. It was some great stuff, uh, but great. we're not done yet. Okay. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Now, you're certainly a seasoned athletic director, but today I'm challenging you with sending out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Lynn Flint's athletic director toolbox? Um, so my coach's binder, I actually think I presented this um, at the conference. My coach's binder that I give to all the um, coaches has everything they need from a quick guide. So every you know, our handbook, policies, the emergency numbers, emergency plan, I want them to have that all in the same place. Um, so I do that for myself as an athletic director too. Mine looks a little bit different, um, but I have that all readily accessible. And, you know, I know we can do everything on Google and drive and share everything, but um, I do like to have that handy. And when I, you know, walk out to my practices and do my evaluations and just, um, you know, meet some new kids at the beginning of the year, that binder is very important to me. Um, I also think it's better to be using a binder when I'm speaking with kids if I'm going to jot down notes than jotting down notes in my cell phone. I just find that to be kind of rude. Um, a strong network. So right off the bat, trying to connect with those around you and they come with you kind of wherever you go. So I think that's another tool definitely is just the network, even if it just starts out as the two ADs in your neighboring towns. Um, I think that's huge. And then um, I think the last would be some sort of strategy or some tool, uh, you know, whether it's, I don't, meditation, whatever it is to help counter stress. So you know, if you can't handle confrontation, this is not the, the career for you. But if, um, you know, at any given point in any day, even a seasoned veteran will have an, a, a rough day with maybe a parent came at you or something happened. And to be able to have a tool like a meditation, like yoga, anything, going for a run afterwards to be able to say, okay, that part of the day is over. I'm going home and I'm going to be able to sleep um, is huge because um, an unhealthy and stressed athletic director is a help to no one. So those would be my three tools. 
You know, that last one's very important. You got to be able to keep things in perspective. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we, we both share it's a great job. We love our job. But uh, again, there are those uh, hiccups during the day. Yeah. Well, Lynn, again, this has been great. Uh, all the best uh, as your sports continue to um, get started there in Connecticut. And, um, you know, hope you guys uh, get some nice, uh, you know, Florida weather up there, too. Yeah. Thank you, you very much for having me. Uh, absolutely. To our listeners, thanks as always for tuning in. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD. Thanks again for listening to the Educational AD podcast. Remember, these are also being posted on YouTube under Educational AD. You can uh, not only listen, but also watch our interviews with athletic directors from across the country. Thanks again for listening.